Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And we are just pressing into this concept of the fifth domain. If you're just tuning in now for the first, this is a part three. We're not calling it a part three necessarily, but it's the third uh, conversation that we're having, really focusing on money. And, uh, and today we're going to be really digging deep into the uh, revelation, insight, and really understanding you know, the health of a business and how we determine healthy health, what a healthy business is financially now. And we were talking about this prior to the episode. Um, you know, when you sit, when you go to an event and you sit at a restaurant or a bar, or you're sitting at a coffee uh, early in the day, and you maybe just have finished a workout and you're just kind of, you know, connecting, um, you know, when you ask the question, how are you doing? usually I have to ask it twice. You know, it's like the whole, like, are you sure? <laughs> uh, how are you doing? Usually what we're talking about is how are you doing? How's the business doing? Really? Like at the end of the day, I know where you, yeah, how's it going? I know you're, I know you're working hard. Yeah. We, we don't, we're not, I mean, we're not, that's not the question. The question is, are you, are you not working hard? The question is, how, how are you doing? And, and really, I mean, there's a few questions that things that come up. Usually it's about their personal health, personal relationships, or, or finances. I mean, those are the three things at the end of the day, when, 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 when you upstream downstream downstream, is gonna be like, how are you doing as a human, like healthy, or how's your health? How are you doing as a human? How's your closest relationships going and how's your financial health, right? Those are really the three things, Dr. Stephen, that when you say, how are you doing to a business owner? I mean, those are the three things at the end of the day, it's like, what is this for? What are we doing all this for? How, how's it really going? So we just want to have one of those conversations today. I think it's just really good for us to be able to talk this way because this is what this is the real stuff that's going on underneath, right? Under the surface, underneath the hood. This is what we really want to get into. So we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. I mean, the spirit of the remarkable practice is to create a remarkable business, right? So we talk about creating the business that will support your remarkable life, not compete with it, right? That's a uh, you know, it's more than a tagline, Dr. Pete, right? It's, it's a cultural aspect of what we're doing. Um, so you, you want to create a remarkable business, you know, one that will support your remarkable life and not compete with it, right? So when we talk about a remarkable business, remarkable businesses have qualities. And in this conversation, we'll say one of the qualities of a remarkable business is it's data-driven, right? So we run data-driven businesses, which means you have a data-driven practice. You have data-driven marketing, you have data-driven meetings, you have data-driven training. So I see you have data, right? So it's a, a big part of taking your job and turning it into a business is making sure that you have data, right? So if you don't have data, you, you own a job, right? So uh, ultimately this all flows right into that conversation. It's the financial data. Like what do you know about the finances of your business so that you can answer the question, how's it going? <laughs> so we look at each other and you know, you and I get to we have the privilege of being able to coach hundreds of these remarkable CEO clients, right? And one common question, like we have the we have the conversation all the time. So how's it going, Pete? Right? So how's it going? And you know, you get usually you'll get people being like, um, 
I mean, it's going great. (laughs) It's like, uh, it's going great. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're making more money than we made last month and we are making more money than we made last year. And I have, you know, money in my pocket and, you know, we're helping more people. We're making a bigger impact. Uh, It's it's going great. Right. So we start fishing around for like, well, what do you mean? And how do you measure that? Right. So that's been something that's always really sort of stuck with me. And, you know, ultimately I felt like, you know, we, we need to have a way to measure that. Right. So we need to have a way to just like, how is it going? Right. So we love to give remarkable standards for our clients. We ought to say, okay, if we're talking about compliance percentage, kept visit average, what's the remarkable standard for that? Right. So percentage of my overhead that should go to payroll, you know, like, that's data driven, right? So what percentage of our, of our, of our budget should be invested in our marketing? Oh, it's eight to 12% of where you want to land you know, top line revenue goal next quarter, right? That should be your mark. Like we have standards for all of those things, but what we were lacking was a standard for answering the question, how's it going, <laughs> right? So I was having this conversation with my good friend, Ken Stilwell, uh, who is the COO of a multi-billion dollar company here in Boston called Pegasystems, right? So Pegasus got, uh, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a massive company, right? So, and, as I, and Ken's kind of my go-to guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, oh, and all these, I was having this conversation with him is like, uh, was, oh, you guys should use the rule of 40. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, I'm all ears. <laughs> Tell me about this. Like, it's like every time I hang with Ken, it's going to back to business school. Right. So it's like, Ken is, you know, d- describing to me this, it's this metric that they use really, um, in tech. Right. So, you know, when you're assessing tech companies, if you are, uh, somebody who's considering some level of transaction, if you're a, if you've got a, a, a private equity fund or a growth fund, or you're trying to, trying to create some kind of um, valuation for a business, they use this, this factor, right? This KPI called the rule of 40, right? And I'm like, oh man, let's do it. Let me help me understand. It's like, it's a way to audit and assess the health of the business. It's a way to audit and assess, man, is there a balance between the investment that they're making in growth and the profitability of the business, right? So this is one number that they use that says, this is a stable and successful business. I'm like, that's the number I'm looking for. And he's like, I think it's going to work really well for you guys at Remarkable Practice because he knows that we promote this recurring revenue model, right? So like, if you listen to our last couple of uh, episodes, you heard us talk about the recurring revenue model, right? So it's like in tech, this is a number that really came out of trying to do valuations for SaaS businesses, right? So software as a service is SaaS, right? So these are recurring revenue models. I'm like, perfect. Let's talk about it. So Dr. Pete, this is the number that they use to assess how healthy, how balanced is this business as far as investing in growth and profitability of the business, right? So there's two numbers you need to use. So everybody, again, we're going to do some math today is there's two numbers we're going to need to be able to do this right is the percentage of top line revenue growth in a given period of time. We're going to use for the sake of this podcast, we're going to use the example of 2021, a 12 month period. So the percentage of growth in top line revenue year over year. Okay. So 2021 compared to 2020 and profit margin, right? So, and we're going to call this true profit margin in that same time period. So guys, get your pen and paper out. You, what you're adding together is two numbers, percentage of growth year over year. Let's use 2021 as our, as our example, plus the profit margin, those two numbers for 2021, those two numbers add together and they should add to 40. 
Now, Dr. Pete, this number is really useful for the chiropractor who's trying to just audit, you know, his own business or her own business and say, how am I doing? Right. So yeah, I don't have a number. I don't have a way to answer that question, put my finger on it objectively. And this, this number you can use to inform decisions like, should I be investing more in marketing? Should I be investing more in my team? Can I afford to bonus my team more? Can I afford to pay my associate doctor more or bonus them more? Really, Dr. Pete, this is all about informing the CEO so we can make better decisions financially so that we can manifest our own remarkable practice. I think, you, you know, there's a couple of really important points. And first of all, I just love the framework. And I, you know, we didn't know that years ago in, in practice, we didn't know the rule of 40. And it's just awesome to, to have that. And so for all of you remarkable CEOs hearing this now, if you didn't know this, you know, this is now the standard moving forward. We're going to use this. It's brilliant. And, and we've been, you know, really using it in the last, let's say, a year, 18 months since we've been aware of it. So we're, we're really, again, eager to bring this to you. Uh, but like you said, this is this comes back to two big things that you said. I want to I want to go back to the number one was, is that a business your business supports your life doesn't compete with it. So again, going back to the heart of the matter, how are you doing? I think what where we feel a lot of tension as CEOs is not knowing if that's happening. Right? Is my business really supporting my life or is it competing with it? Right? And and that's really where you have to I have a standard for what is that? Like, how much is it? People say, well, how much should I be making? The question is, how much do you want to be making? How much do you need to be making? Like, what are your goals? What's your vision of success? What's your plan? And so- And, and what does that number look like? So that you yes. can answer that question, does your business support your remarkable life or compete yes. with it? That's a way to arrive at that number. Yeah. And, and so this is, again, the, the root of this conversation. And so we, we would come into the conversation, let's say as a coach coming into saying, well, why would I, why would I work with you? Well, I need your help to help me get from where I am now to where I want to go next. And ultimately, okay, it's going to come back to a financial conversation. It, it always does. It comes back to, well, I want to be in this place financially by this date and time. Okay. So then we reverse engineer it back and we got to get there. So we're talking downstream and upstream KPIs right now. Downstream is going to be the rule of 40. It's that 40, that 40 percentile. What's upstream? We can go further upstream and look at this. So then when you think about, as you were talking about decision-making, so let's say, going back to a series we did recently about the associate doctor, hey, should I be bringing on an associate doctor right now? I don't know. Let's look at, let's look at the, the, the business. Let's look at how your business is doing right now. We talked about in the previous episode, scaling up. You know, It's like, well, I'm, gonna, I'm scaling my practice. If you're scaling a business that's not profitable, you're creating a bigger problem, right? You're <laughs> bigger not mess. solving the bigger <laughs> mess. You're not solving that. So this is the, the reason why this is such a beautiful framework is no matter where you're at in practice, you're two, you're 22, you're 42, wherever you're at, you can apply this to your business right now. Like I said, we're just using it as an example, 2021 over 2020. And the reason why is because we should have those two years fully done, right? So now we've got that intel, that data to be able to calculate, to drive this decision. But actually, even the second point was that, that these, this information should actually be what fuels and drives the decisions that you're able to make as a business owner, as a CEO of your business. And that to me is really refreshing because it's, sometimes I think as a CEO, you're like, how do I arrive at the, like when I, when a push comes to shove at the end of the day, one part gut, two parts data. I'm not sure if I get that all the time. Like, I think sometimes it's two part gut, 
one part data, right? Or three parts gut, zero part data. You know, it's like, how, how do you get to this place? So I love this, that it's, there's actually two parts of data that you're calculating here. I love this, which is, um, you know, you're looking at number one is that profit percent, right? So we're looking at- that Number one is the top line the growth. Top line revenue percent yeah. growth yeah. year over year, let's call it 2021 over 2020 as is the first and then true profit margin. So let's, let's unpack that a little yep. bit. Let's get, let's get into, let's scenario this out. Let's role yep. play this out essentially, because there are, there's different ways to, to really, you know, view this. So let's reference just 2021. I think that's easy yep. for everybody to do, right? So you probably have all of your data, you have your metrics, you have your financials coming out of the year, right? So let's just use that. Um, of course, you could do this on a monthly quarterly basis as you should and will in the future. You could do this as a rolling 12 months, as you should and could in the future. Uh, let's just, for simplicity, for, for clarity, let's just call it 2021, right? So we're going to look at two numbers. We're going to look at the, the growth, revenue growth, top line, how much did you collect, right? So the business collect, all the inflows that came into your business, what's that total number? And compare that in 2021 with 2020, and that's going to give you a percentage of growth, okay? So that's the top number. And in my experience, Everyone knows that number, right? So, or they can find it very quickly, right? So if you don't have your number, ask your bookkeeper or your accountant, right? So it's like, hey, I need to know these two numbers and, and we're going to add this to our, our reports every month or every quarter or every year, right? So I need this number. What is the top line revenue growth, okay? And then the second number is the one that nobody knows, okay? Which is true profit margin, okay? So profit... Uh, is a dodgy one for two reasons. It's and and we're gonna we're gonna extrapolate this out for you. So I want you to be thinking about your own profit. Like, where do you think your profit margin is right now? And let's keep it a really simple model. Let's say that you are, uh, for the sake of this conversation, you would be considered an owner operator, right? So you're a DC. You're you're. Let's really keep it simple. You're the owner operator, the only DC in the practice. You own the business, right? Straight out. And you have people on your team that you pay and you, you work in the practice, you see patients in the practice, and there's a certain amount of, you know, collections that come in, top line revenue, there's expenses that go out and you're left with some profit, right? So, and you might do a salary for yourself, you might do distributions of profit, et cetera, right? So we're going to get into that in a minute, but don't just keep it simple. Like how much profit comes out? Now you might say to yourself, oh, I operate at a 40% profit margin, a 45% profit margin, a 52% profit, whatever that is, it's how much do you get to keep out of the business? So staying with round numbers, let's say you had a million dollar practice, right? So, and it costs you $500,000 to make that million and you kept $500,000 for yourself. Your profit margin would be 50%. Okay. So I think everybody gets that, but I'm not going to make any assumptions here. Right. So your profit margin would be 50% in that example. Right. So here's where things get complicated. There's, if you look at the expense side, okay, there's very, there's very often expenses that are not truly accounted for. So imagine this scenario. Imagine that I showed up and I was going to buy your business. Imagine I showed up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to audit this business and I'm going to buy this business. So Pete, just for shits and giggles, let's make pretend I'm going to buy your practice, right? So I come in and I'm like, okay, so uh, Dr. Pete, I'm going to look around this business right now and I'm going to say, all right, so um, you're the CEO. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and you're also the lead adjusting doctor and you've got an associate doctor in there 
Um, and you're also the marketing director. Okay. So I'm looking around the accountability chart and I'm like, Pete, I see here that you're a major contributor to this business. Right. And, um, you paid yourself, um, $200,000 and you took another $200,000 in distributions, right. Uh, as profit. Right. And now I'm looking at this being like, okay, so do you come with the deal if I buy your business? <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry, what now? I'm like, okay, you don't come with the deal, right? And as I understand it, your wife, Mary, she does some of the back office work from home. She does payroll and she does the bookkeeping and just, right? Okay, does she come with the deal? No, okay, so, okay, so now I have to replace you and your three jobs and I have to replace Mary and her job. You guys follow me? It's like, there are, there are roles that are being performed that are not being accounted for. The compensation, salaries, the wages, whatever, are not the payroll is not being represented on an accounting level, right? So there are more expenses. So you have to get real. This is a come to Jesus moment. Get out your accountability chart, get out your accountability grid, the tools that we've given you in the past and account for the jobs that you do and ask a simple question. What would it cost to replace me and or my spouse if I sold this business? So for example, Dr. Pete, if you needed to replace you as an adjusting doctor, let's say you were adjusting two thirds of the patients and your associate was adjusting one third of the patients, you'd have to bring in two more associate doctors, right? So if you're like, well, I pay my existing associate doctor $90,000. So if we're going to have to hire two to make up for you, then say, let's call it 90 and 90. Now we're instead of $90,000 of doctor payroll, we actually have $270,000, three times 90, right? So it's like, okay, so let's account for that. And then you're also um, the clinic director. You're also the market. Let's start filling in those spots and then an admin person to make up for Mary. So next thing you know, you start adding these things together and you recognize that, that that's actually the true expenses. It actually cost us $650,000 to make that million dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can see how that picture changes. The profitability all of a sudden drops to 35%, not 50%. Okay. Now on the other side of the sheet, or like I say, the other side of the seesaw, right? So on the other side of the seesaw, we have things what we call addbacks, right? Now those addbacks are going to be those things that you quote unquote, run through the business, wink, wink, right? That like every flight you ever take, every hotel, every meal you do, right? So the, you know, that ream of paper that you needed for the home office or the landscaping at the home office, you name it, like whatever you run through the business, your cell phone, your health insurance, your car payment, whatever that is, that's actually compensation, right? So add those up and just, you've got to total that up and that might write that ship in the other direction. It may or may not, right? So Dr. Pete, when it comes to calculating the true profit, the true profit, you've got to take both of these things into account to assess this rule of 40, because we're not telling stories, we're using data to determine the health of the business. For the first time ever, we're teaching the complete TRP system in one comprehensive seminar. Your team can learn the entire Remarkable Practice new patient conversion system and ideal patient retention system in a single weekend. This will be the best bang for your buck training experience of the year. May 13th and 14th in Orlando, Florida and June 10th and 11th live in Sydney, Australia. Register your team at theremarkablepractice.com or find the link in the show notes below. So if you're looking at a standard a report that you might get from your CPA, it, it will not typically give you this, this no information. Way. Yeah, no so, way. 
you're going to have to go into, as you said, Dr. Steven, your accountability chart. You're going to need to look at that and take a real close look at that and, and see, okay, where, where is it really at and what's the value? So for example, as you said, if I'm adjusting two thirds of the patients and the value of me is uh, to replace me as two more doctors, and that's, then that needs to be counted for. If I'm a marketing director and I need somebody who's going to step into that role and that's worth another salary of X number of dollars, uh, you know, then that has to be accounted for. And like you gave in the example of back office CA who's run by your spouse and she's not going to be there either. So you guys are seeing this. So the reason why this is a value doc is because even in 2021, if you just use this as an example, going at back to 2020 and 2021, what was the, the true profit then? What was the true profit? So if you, you were able to do this and account for it again, you're going to have to ballpark it, Dr. Steven. So can you walk through just a little bit about that? Just because let's yep. say real scenario is, okay, my real scenario is it is me with one associate doctor and two CAs or yep. maybe two and a half. And, you know, we did seven figure, we just hit the million dollar mark. And you know, so you're thinking about this, how would I, and, and, and if in that scenario, my profit was 500,000 on a million dollars. And, but realistically, now that you said all that, actually, you know, I'm kind of feeling like, I'm not sure what it should be now. Right. So yeah, here's so, it, that, and that's real and raw, right? So, yep. and that's, you're probably going to land somewhere in a place where your profit will be once you account for all those roles, like legit. And guys, remember, this is an exercise in bookkeeping mm -hmm. to audit and assess your business so you can make CEO decisions. We're having a bookkeeping conversation here right now. We're not having a taxation account, accounting conversation right now. This is not an accounting conversation. This is a leadership conversation when it comes mm -hmm. to financial leadership. Okay. So you want to be able to have a perspective on your business that says, let's really represent this business so I can make my decisions accordingly. Right. So we're not a separate and distinct conversation is taxation. Right. right. That is not this conversation. And by the way, we're not talking about any funny business on any level. Right. What right. we're saying is it's like we want to be able to make informed decisions about our businesses. And we needed a lens through which to look at our business and have discernment around, am I on track? Am I a balanced, successful business? Okay. Am I balancing my investment to drive greater growth and profit, excuse me, greater growth and revenues and my profitability, right? That's what we're measuring right now. Okay. So to answer your question, Dr. Pete, you'd want to look at this and say, okay, so once I've done that exercise and I've really accounted for the, all the jobs that I fill and my spouse fills is like, my profit's actually closer to 20%. Okay. Or let's say it's my, my, my profits 25%. Okay. And you look at your growth and you say my growth year over year, 2021 versus 2020 was 15%. Okay. So I look at that and I say, now I have two numbers. I have top line revenue growth of 15% plus my true profit margin of 25%, 15 plus 25 equals 40. This is the rule of 40. That's where we want to be. We want to be able to say we've invested to create growth and we've protected the profitability of this business. And we've come out with this balanced, healthy state of a business at 40%. Okay. So top line revenue growth was 15% year over year. Our true profit margin was 25%. 15 plus 25 gets us to 40, right? So yep. what I will tell you, Dr. Pete, is there's a range here. And I think the range in chiropractic is somewhere between 30 to 50 would be acceptable. Yes. 40s in the middle. In SaaS, they use 40, right? So they're bigger businesses than our small businesses, right? But 40 is that number that you want to sh shoot for, for a couple of reasons, right? 
Um, the questions I get is, well, what if I'm dipping below 30? It's, I'm telling you right now, you're imbalanced. You're out of balance, right? So you're subluxated. If you are over 50, okay, you're 50 and above, that's also imbalanced, right? So what we want to do is we want to recognize that this is almost like the heart rate of your business. Now, if you're an athlete, you're on a bike, you're doing a hundred mile race, you might be able to sustain, you know, 130 you know, beats per minute as a heart rate sustainably, but you're doing 150, 160 on hills, you know, charging sprint a hill. That's just not sustainable for a hundred miles. So you right. want to look at this and say, take a three-year view of your business and you want to get somewhere around our 40. Yeah. It's just, this is really, really good. So again, just practically guys, you know, as you're listening to this, we want you to actually go into 2020 and say, okay, let's say we made 850 uh, top line revenue in 2020, 2021, we made 1 million. We had a 15% increase in top line revenue. In your example, Dr. Steven, we take into account the, the expenses, the overhead and all of that. And we came up with 35, so, or 25, when 20 with all in, 25 and 15 is 40. So we want you to actually do this exercise. It's, it's actually gonna be really powerful. Now, the next question, Dr. Steven is, so let's say I'm a doc and I'm like, hey, when do I bring in my next associate doctor? And how do I use this information to actually drive that type of a decision? So again, this goes back to the first question, which is what does success look like to you? What is a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life look like to you? How does your business support your life? And is this the right time for you to do that? Are you in the financial health to be able to make that kind of investment? Are you in the fit place to be able to make that type of a decision? And again, this is something that's very, very practical. It, we could also have a marketing conversation about this and say, what should I be doing with my marketing? So we've got our remarkable standards and we're not going to, I don't think get into that today, but can we just talk about that one scenario? I'd like to just say, okay, I'm a doctor. When is the right time for me to say, I'm ready to bring on, let's say a, my first or my third, or it doesn't matter which one, but the right. next, let's say doctor. You know, it's a great question, Dr. Pete, and I'm afraid I'm going to, we might leave this conversation unsatisfied because I'm not going to be able to say, yes, this is the number that you use, right? So, because the truth is, is this will inform that decision, right? Okay. And I love to say that one number is a fact, two numbers are a story. Okay. This is the one of the numbers that tell a story about your business. You went, you dipped into a very important question, which is, you know, why do you want to hire an associate doctor? <laughs> and so what are you trying to accomplish? Like if your question directly to me is like, you know, does that number say when it's, it, it will inform that decision. If your right. practice is ready financially, if it is stable and it's balanced and you're in a position now where yes, you could take on an associate or yes, you could add another associate or, or, or it may inform other decisions like, can I afford to market more? Can I afford to pay right. my team more? Can I afford to bonus my team or myself more? Right. So it's like it, yep. it really fleshes out all of those conversations. So Dr. Pete, it always comes back to, I don't know, what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. And so again, just having this conversation with, with, you know, many, many of you, you know, offline, off of the podcast line, you know, you got to look at it and say, okay, year one, you make an investment, $90,000 in this scenario you know, you might say, well, next year, 2022 versus 2021, if I spend another $90,000 in overhead and we still made about the same, or maybe just a little All bit more. All things stay constant. Yeah. My, my profit, my top line revenue dropped pretty significantly as a percentage. So now I went from 40 down to 31% or 32. And you're like, am I, am I a bad business person? You're not because you have to have a three-year runway. You have to have a vision for where you're going. That's what I was driving at is you got to be able yeah. to see beyond and knowing there's going to be 
There's, you're going to have years where you're investing more and then you're going to have other years. It's like the sowing and reaping principle proverb of that. It's just a, it's a law, right? Um, and so when you're making decisions as a business, you really want to be able to have a vision for what it is that you're creating and, and knowing that there's going to be a runway and there's going to be some years where maybe the profit as a percentage or top line revenue percent was, was, was not the same, but you knew that you consciously made that decision knowing I'm going to produce a three X multiple on that investment in the next three years. That's right. And that's really the goal. So now our profit as a percent, you know, our rule of 40, we're actually back in 24 months and then maybe even ahead. And now we have to solve that problem with what do we do with greater than 50% profit, uh, you know, with, with a rule of 40. Now we come back and we say, okay, do we reinvest with another associate doctor? Or what's the next decision that we make from there? comes back to vision story, comes back to these things. So I think this is a really important conversation that we get to use data to make decisions. We get to have these types of conversations as business right. owners. We should be having this conversation. It's the right conversation to have driving remarkable decisions and driving remarkable business. This is a data point, a critically important data point. Like you said, a way downstream data point, right? That gives us a perspective. For many of us, a new perspective on our business, which answers the question, how's it going, right? So you can actually come from this place of like, I actually do know how it's going, right? So now that I've been tracking rule of 40 uh, to assess the, how balanced and how healthy my business is, I actually have a perspective now that can answer that question. And I'm actually making decisions based on that data point, right? So um, ultimately there is not just one piece of data that's going to allow you to make these decisions, but it's going to allow you to, it's going to inform you and it's going to help you keep an eye on that business and recognizing that if that number starts to drop down, all things being held constant, it, it tells you where you need to be making investments. So if you are going to bring on that associate doctor, right? So it's so critically, it's so critical to your point, Dr. Beat, that you take this three-year view to your business. You recognize I'm going to be taking on additional overhead, right? So that my, that my expense is going to go up. So conversely, my profit could be going down if I don't offset that with growth, right? That's why this is a balancing act between these two things. You're asking yourself, am I willing to give up some of that profitability, okay? And upset that rule of 40 in order to buy back my time freedom or um, to build some peace of mind because I feel exposed because I'm the only doctor in there or, or I'm trying to create a runway for somebody to buy my practice as my successor, et cetera. So that's what I mean by there's a lot of information. There's a lot of complexity around this. It's not just as simple as does this give me the green light to hire an associate doctor, for example. So I want to make sure that I, um, I soothe any anxiety that you guys may have listening to this and just recognize this. And this is a exercise that you should be doing with your bookkeeper, introducing this concept to your bookkeeper, you know, heck, make your book, bookkeeper listen to this podcast and <laughs> make them listen to the, they should be anyway, they should understand your business and we can help them understand their business, your business better. Right. Uh, and then just recognize that, you know, as an owner, if you, as you're an owner of your business, you get paid three ways. Okay. So remember you get paid for the jobs that you do, right? The work that you do. If you're the CEO, if you're the clinic director, if you're the adjusting doctor, if you're the marketing director, right? You should get paid for the work that you do, right? That's the first way. The second thing is, is as an owner, you get distributions of profit, right? So whether that's monthly, quarterly, or annually, you get a distributions of the profit based on your equity position in that business, right? And the third way, and this is the one that I want you to just sit with as you make investments in your business, like bringing on an associate doctor, you recognize that you are building asset value because believe it or not, 
You've gone through launch. You're probably in build or scale right now. One day soon, you will be exiting. And you want to make sure that you recognize there's an asset value that you're creating so you can create a maximum amount on your exit, right? So a maximum sales price so you can make that graceful and profitable exit. Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with our remarkable success partner dedicated to helping you more successfully help more people. Enjoy. All right, CEO. So I'm in the studio today with a dear friend of mine, a colleague, uh, an remarkable CEO. You're a remarkable CEO, multiple business owner, impacting chiropractic and helping chiropractors save more lives, help more people, incredible marketing person. We're going to have a marketing conversation today with Dr. Nick Silveri. Dr. Nick, thanks for joining me today. What's up, Dr. P? Thanks for having me. We're not counting how many times you've been on the Remarkable CEO podcast, but he's been here a few times. So if you've been a regular, you might say, hey, I've heard of this guy before. <laughs> if you're new, go back and listen to some of the old episodes. Nick's been on a few times and he always drops a lot of gold. And uh, anyway, Nick, it's great to be in the studio with you and having a conversation about marketing. So Nick Silveri is the uh, founder, owner uh, of uh, Leverage, um, Leverage Marketing. So it's a, uh, a company Leverage, that- uh, Leverage, Leverage Media. Media. Leverage media. media meant to say that. Um, and uh, you do marketing and uh, media through the, the media uh, platforms. And uh, he's also a remarkable CEO. Uh, mm -hmm. He's one of our uh, chiropractors, part of the remarkable CEO program. And Nick, maybe just uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, and then we're going to have a conversation. I've got some questions left for you to answer for our uh, audience here today, but maybe just uh, give us a little bit about who you are. Great. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you again having me on. Uh, the all-time record holder still uh, for a guest on the, uh, the CEO podcast. Um, I am a chiropractor and I've been a chiropractor for 16 years now. I uh, went to Logan and I've uh, owned a practice or multiple practices uh, every year. And I still own my practice in Illinois. And about uh, probably about five or six years ago, I really started to to understand the value of content marketing. And so uh, we started doing it for my practice and just had a little bit of an epiphany saying, this is what chiropractors need, not someone to teach them so much how to do it, but to help them do it. A done for you content marketing piece. And we've just been fine tuning that over the last, uh, we just celebrated our, our five year anniversary uh, leverage media. And we've just been fine tuning that over the last five years of how to help chiropractors get their, their message out into their community, expand the four walls of their practice outside of their office and get that out into the community. Um, and then be found when people are searching and generate qualified new leads. So um, it's just a different approach, I think, than most chiropractors are used to uh, when we talk about chiropractic marketing. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited to, to share any knowledge I can with the audience. Yeah. So a lot of times we talk about scratching that itch, right? So let, let me, let me ask you about pain. You know, we say every, uh, you know, businesses exist to solve a problem for someone else, right? So here you were in practice. I'm sure you were doing your own marketing. Uh, you know, maybe it's old school marketing, like talks and screenings and dinners and things like that. Um, what was this an area of pain for you? Like in the digital marketing space, was it an epiphany? Like, how did it come to a head for you to recognize, hey, I got to solve this problem for myself? Or was it also, hey, I'm solving this for myself. And now I'm realizing, hey, we can actually solve this for other people. Walk us through the genesis of, of that process. Well, the first step was that I, you know, I was, 
I had really gotten into Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you guys follow him. And he's a big, like, uh, put out value, put out value, put out value, create content. And, um, you know, the sales will come and, and it just resonated with me, right? Like, uh, just put that message out. Like, chiropractic is, is the right answer to, uh, you know, almost all health questions. And so if we could just get that message in front of more people, we would attract uh, more of the people that we're looking for. So we had, you know, I had really grown my practice on, you know, spinal screenings, in-person events, uh, uh, yellow pages. And so as those things uh, started, like there started to be, I'm in a town of about 100,000 people, there uh, started to be less like in-person events, less expos that were being put on, the yellow pages were dying. Um, I had kind of started to run some Google ads. So I was like aware of like, like I was the first person in my area to have a website. Um, so I was aware of the importance of, of, of digital marketing, uh, but content marketing was a different thing because there needed to be, uh, you know, video editing done, posting, copywriting, scheduling, boosting, retargeting. And I didn't want to do any of that. And I think I'm like most chiropractors in that I'm fine with like sharing my expertise but I don't want to have to like do any of the time consuming mundane work that goes into content marketing. So I hired someone to basically be an operator and to, to help me execute things. And I'm a big believer in, um, you know, in traction, which is uh, what the CEO program uh, shares a lot of commonality with. And uh, traction is all about, you know, if you're a visionary, you've got to get somebody to help execute the vision. And so, um, when I did that, the whole world opened up and I was all of a sudden I was able to just focus on the thing that I wanted to do. And I had a team of people eventually that was able to help me to execute that. And that was when I realized I, I was so sick of getting coaching and buying programs. And I'm just like, I'm a, I'm an accumulator of knowledge. And so what happens is I don't always end up doing everything that I learn. And I'm just always like looking for, for new secrets, right? And um, uh, what I realize is like most chiropractors are like that, that they like go out there and they look for knowledge, but they can't always go back and execute because they're busy. Not that they're lazy, not that they don't want to, it's just that they're busy because most of us are seeing patients. So when I, when I had someone who could execute, that's when I realized that's what chiropractors need is they need somebody like me to have the ideas and then they need to have a team that executes all of that for them and the middle piece is them creating content but we make that very easy and all that so that's that's kind of the genesis of how that that happened was i just realized that i'm like i'm like my ideal client so so i, I love this conversation so you know you talked about you used the word digital marketing you talked about content marketing Mm -hmm. And those are different. Now, not everybody gets that. I don't think anybody, everybody understands that. So talk a little bit about like the difference, you know, of those things. So I think it's actually important for us to be able to define terms, like what does this actually sure. mean and why it's actually different and what's the significance? Well, content marketing is what we've been doing since the dawn of chiropractic. You know, spinal screenings is content marketing. Dinner talks is content marketing. Table talk is content marketing. It's just like, I have some expertise and I'm trying to share it with you. Digital marketing is the, the, the platforms on the internet that exist, SEO, um, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, your uh, Google My Business listing. Uh, all these things are just, are just ways, it, the same way the yellow pages 
was the old school version of Google ads. Somebody went to the chiropractic section, they were gonna call somebody. When they type in a search like chiropractor near me, they're gonna pick somebody. So you need to be everywhere possible for them to pick you. Um, Facebook is no different than um, you know a home and garden show. It's just digitally and it's 24 seven. So digital marketing just allows us to do it at scale Whereas before you had to gather 30 people in a room or you had to go give up a Saturday to go do a spinal screening. So this allows us to get that message that we usually only share with our patients out into a community that we're trying to influence. So we talk a lot about, and you happen to name your company this, um, but we talk about leverage. So you talked about the busy doctor or the doctor who wants to be busier, let's call them that too, because sometimes yeah. that's an issue. Um, but you know, they want to grow their business, right? They want to make a bigger income. They want to make a bigger impact. They ultimately want to, you know, have a, have a more remarkable business and they, mm -hmm. but they want to use leverage. So I, I want you to, you know, share, cause you actually told, you talked about yourself as the, you solved the problem for somebody like you and you realize, Hey, my profession's filled with people just like me. Talk about that. Like how, how do, how do we reach more people? Like obviously marketing is a great way to reach more people, but specifically doing the, it the way that you guys do it. So in terms of like how the, the like client doctor can leverage uh, our services and leverage content marketing in general, um, you know, I, I always say this, and this is like humbly saying this, that there are probably not more than five people in the world that know more about chiropractic marketing than I do. So by using our service, you get all of my ideas, I, this is all I think about all the time, is I just think about like how to do the best job for myself, for my own office, the test kitchen, and then also for clients. So, you know, they talk about, you know, to be, to get to that expert level, you got to spend 10,000 hours, you know, working on it, thinking about it, learning about it. And I've spent those 10,000 hours on chiropractic marketing. And I, because I'm just kind of like, I love it, that it just is, I'm always doing it. I'm never like resting on our laurels. What we do now is very different than what we did five years ago. So as a client, you get one-on-one -on -one coaching with me on what your content should be about. And you get my just never ending like idea stream of like, here's what we should be doing to help move people forward. Then you get to leverage uh, my team who are all experts at what they do, whether it's video editing or copywriting or uh, you know, the, the, the paid ad side of it. Like we're just really, really good at this because it's what they do every single day and we only serve chiropractors and that's all we focus on, right? So you get to leverage my visionary abilities and you get to leverage their execution abilities because they do things much better than I would ever be able to do them, right? But more importantly is you get to leverage your expertise. Right now, all that expertise stays within most, this is most offices, stays within the four walls of their practices. And like people's minds are just being blown at like how the body works and how smart you are and what a, what a great adjuster you are and blah, blah, blah. Now you get to leverage the technology, you get to leverage the platforms and we just make that easy for you, right? So like that's the, those are the three ways that I think are the most important ways that you get to leverage working with us and how, and even if you didn't work with us, just content marketing in general and using these platforms, there's lots of people that are doing a great job without having somebody like me 
um, that are just, they intuitively know how to do this. What I know though, is all these chiropractors that are killing it on YouTube, that are killing it on TikTok. A lot of those people are just like naturally like that. They love it, right? They're just like, it's a, it's a hobby to them the way it's a hobby to me. Right. Most chiropractors are not like that. They're never going to spend the time. They don't have the personality to really like become like a national figure on and be able to compete against these people that naturally can do it. So they, I have a strategy and I have a structure that works regardless of how uh, charismatic you are, right? Like I love all of our clients, but there's definitely a scale uh, from the most charismatic to the least charismatic client. And I need something that's going to work for all of them, not just the top 1% that are born to be TikTok stars. Wow. Yeah. Super powerful. And I, and I think today more than ever, we're realizing that, like you said, with TikTok coming on and these reels and everything is about not only just having an Instagram post, now it's Instagram TV and it's your YouTube channel. I mean, it's, it's, it's really becoming like everybody's their own kind of like little, little personality and star. And, and, you know, just knowing many clients who we work with, who also work with you, uh, who you are helping, you know, knowing that, Hey, you know, you're helping them be able to do that in a way where a lot of them might, like you said, not naturally be doing that on their own, but with you and your support and the program, they're able to do that. So last questions in, in regards to return on investment. So we always talk about ROI, you know, this as being in the CEO program. We talk about how you can use your money to buy someone else's time, mm -hmm. energy, and focus. Yeah. And you do that so that you can free up your time, energy, and focus to do more of what you love to do, whether it's adjusting patients, building and scaling out businesses, launching new businesses, going on vacation with your family, whatever that might be, right? So talk a little bit about ROI, because I think at the end of the day, you know, everything boils down to that, right? We always think about, all right, I'm going to, um, I'm going to make an investment. I'm investing in growing my business. Mm -hmm. So talk to the CEOs as a CEO. Say, hey, how do you make decisions? I'd love to hear about how you kind of think about it and how you encourage even folks like myself and chiropractors, business owners who are kind of navigating this space. Um, yeah, uh, about the ROI thing. Well, everybody always wants to make more money than they spend, right? right. So in, in, terms of, in terms of the money, you know, the reason why we don't just uh, help people create content and, and push that out organically is because that doesn't lead to new patients right away. And every chiropractor I've talked to, no matter how successful they are, no matter how, no matter how many new patients they have coming in right now, they always want more new patients. They always want more money, right? And I get that. That's the nature of a business. So, you know, it's not that we are just doing content marketing. We do the lead generation as well. I think we're the best in the world uh, at doing Google ads for chiropractors, um, Facebook and Instagram ads, uh, putting offers out there, uh, inviting people to events in the office, doing lunch and learn, whatever it is that you're doing in the practice, we're going to use those attention-based platforms to help you promote that more. Most of the times that, that's a new patient special for chiropractic, but it could be any service that you do in the practice or anything else that you got going on. So we're very boutique in that manner in that I'm not going to try to force you into a $21 new patient special because I already have that built. I'm going to try to help you promote the thing that you want to promote. So those, those things, you know, uh, paid advertising is going to help you get more people in and close more uh cases that that lead to more dollars than you spend. So the the ROI in terms of the money 
Um, I mean, we've got clients that probably get a 10x return, uh, others that, you know, are, are closer to two to one, three to one. Uh, but it's, it's, it's about like, we have to have that paid advertising side of it uh, to generate people through the door, or you're not going to be happy uh, short-term or long-term. Um, in terms of the, the time and the energy, I, that's the part where I'm like, it's hard to even explain how, how much of an ROI there is on that. Because like I said earlier, you're never going to get to the level that I am uh, in terms of like understanding how all these things work together and staying kind of on the cutting edge of, of the new things. You would have to not be a chiropractor to spend as much time on it as I do. So if you're a chiropractor, I'm not saying it's impossible, I, but 99.999% of the people are never going to get to this level of understanding of like the different nuances of it. Um, the time, I like what my team does for and what I do for our clients. I don't even know how long that would take. If you like, say you hired some, you know, Gen Z uh, to, to help you run social media, which is every, what everyone thinks that they need to do in terms of like their social media presence is, oh, I hired a young girl who knows how to use Instagram and TikTok. Having no idea how to do anything in terms of strategy or like how to like how to promote a chiropractic office. The amount of time that they would have to spend to do all of the things that we do for you, it's hard to even like really quantify. So the way that I look at it and the way that I talk to my team about it is we are basically the digital marketing department of every office that we have as a client. And I want them to think of it that way is like we are an employee, you know, we're we're an expense on the, the PL that they see every month. So it's like I want them to feel good about. Uh, you know how like you feel good about paying like that best employee, that person you're just like, I can't believe that I get so much value out of this one person and I only have to pay them this much. I want them to think about that every time that our monthly fee comes out because they think of us as part of the team. And I want them to have that same mindset um, and just being able to do things that you could never get done out of one person. Because I have an expert in video, uh, video editing, because I have an expert in copywriting, because I have an expert in, in paid ads, you would just never get all of that out of one person in your practice. But we're, you know, we cost a lot less than a full-time employee does. So you talked about a lot of things, a lot of ROI right there. And, and one of the things I love that you talked about is, um, you know, we're on your team. So put us on your accountability chart kind of thing. Right. Well, what I love about Leverage and Nick and your team is that you guys are part of our family. You're part of the remarkable family. That's why, you know, you're here and you've, you've been a, a returning guest on, on our program is because we love what you do. We love the wisdom and, and knowledge that you bring to our space, to our industry, to help our chiropractors become less obscure, put them in a position where they can be in front of their audience, be the experts and put out incredible content, bring more people in, save more lives. And uh, it's awesome. So thank you for being a part of our family and on our team and the Remarkable uh, Practice and being on the Remarkable CEO podcast. How can our listeners uh, get in touch with you or what's, what would be a good next step for anybody who wants to learn more? Anybody, I, I do a, a free strategy session for, uh, for anybody that's interested. And I go through what I call your big five, your, uh, your website, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Google presence. Uh, and just give you an idea of like, what are you doing right? What are you doing wrong? What would I recommend? Get, show you some examples. Um, and if you want to do that, uh, if you go to contentintopatients.com, so contentintopatients.com, 
that'll take you uh, through to the website. Um, and I think it goes to the strategy session. So uh, you just fill out the information and schedule a time that works for you. And, you know, I can help you out, however. And then you can also find me on um, social media. Everything's Dr. Nick Silveri. That's silver with an eye on the end. And, um, you know, I'm always trying to put out good value, good content, uh, trying to help out any way I can, you know, um, you know, eat, eat, you know, or take my own medicine in terms of, uh, in terms of that content marketing piece. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Nick. And uh, again, appreciate your time. For all of you who are listening, we appreciate you as well. Thanks for being part of our show. And I look forward to joining you next week on our podcast. Until then, God bless. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.